Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. I was thinking for the 300th episode, which is seven episodes away, I was thinking we do like a 24-hour live Twitch recording, right? Just 24 hours Mm -hmm. of us sitting in front of like the screens and talking and people popping in and, and, you know, like the whole nine yards. Okay. Um... Cool, but like, uh, what are what are we trying to to accomplish there? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it'll be like our three hundredth episode. Like, I mean, I, like, I know that's really cool. Um, do okay, you think so this is a bad idea? Maybe. <laughs> are you trying to talk me out of my bad idea? Yes. <laughs> Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, we got an email from Nissa who asked, uh, listening to your driving episode, I am curious, what if you are in a game and the players decide we're going to take down the king? Um, ignoring or maybe even believing the lies of the evil baddie. Maybe they just want to shake things up. This is more than they're hopelessly outmatched, i.e. first level uh, characters versus like a platoon of guards, right? Now, maybe they're willing to take their foot off the gas pedal and start a slow campaign of sneaking in or becoming trusted aides. But if they are hellbent on going after the dangerous foe, like just directly when you know it's going to kill them. Sorry, I inserted some words. Um, I guess if the players get on the wrong track and want to inadvertently blow up the game, how do you save it? Uh, I don't even know if you can save a question here. Honestly, yes, yes, we can. That's why we're talking about it. (laughs) This is our specialty. Thanks, Nessa. (laughs) From this, from this uh, email, we are plucking out the GM skill of how to steer characters away from terrible decisions. Yes, right. (laughs) From time to time, in role playing games, players make some bad decisions. Mm -hmm. We're going to unpack what it is, um, how they, why they do it, and then some ways to kind of steer you around it. But just from a high level before we dig in, from time to time, players just make a bad decision. Now, there are some levels of bad decision, right? Like there is, you know, we'll split the party. Mm, Might not be a good idea. Could be a good idea. And then like Nissa's example of the players just head on trying to take, you know, head first trying to take out the king. There are decisions that are ultimately terrible, resulting in everybody being wiped out. Yes. Um, As second level D&D characters, we once ran into a Nightwalker. I think that's what they're called, right? They're like three stories tall, made out of void black with stars in them. Yeah. And we were, like, we were like, no problem. We'll fight this dude. And um, no. Right. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't remember what level monster that is, but no. <laughs> so if you have jammed long enough, there will become a moment where you are sitting at the table where the players in full earnest, not in jest, will announce that they want to do a thing that from your side of the screen, you're like, this is terrible. This is very bad. This will cause very bad things. Right. And I need them not to do this. Right. They will not be happy with the results of this action. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) there is a GMing skill of moving characters away from those terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, again, one of the eight skills. Uh, a GM must have, right? <laughs> sure. Um, if you know that joke, I say eight skills quite often. Um, eight is just the RAM. It's not actually how many skills there are. It's just <laughs> you can never hold more than eight of them at a time. I like right? that. You only have eight skills of RAM. I yes. like that. You just yeah. slots, right? Yes. So sometimes <laughs> you need to slot up this skill, um, which is steering characters away from terrible decisions. And it is a skill. So it is a learnable thing that GMs can do. And we're going to get into it today in depth. Yes. Cool. So basically, let's talk first about what is a terrible decision in an RPG because um, we should clarify uh, basically the situation in which you might want to engage this skill versus the situations in which you are actually using GM fiat to steer 
players away from having agency and making their own decisions, right? Like that's, this is, this is the, the, the line that you will walk um, when engaging this. So um, a, a terrible decision in an RPG might be a very poorly conceived idea, right? Um, like Nisses, which we will jump into probably a little bit more. Um, something that is very unlikely to succeed, like three second level characters rounding the corner and being like, yeah, whatever, we can take on this Nightwalker. Um, and the GM eventually having to tell us as we were starting to get very beat up, you know that not everything in this space is necessarily your level, right? <laughs> um, and that is actually one of the skills, one of the techniques yeah, we're going to talk about, right? Like, right, we'll get like, into that in a minute. We were very unlikely to succeed. Um, very unlikely, right? Um, we'll cause damage to the characters, including death, in a way that, you know, is not fun. Yeah, right? I mean, potential TPK is on the line here, right? Yeah, like TPK is on the line or, you know, people get really messed up um, depending on what kind of game you're playing. Maybe, it, you know, if depending on health, how health works in the game that you're playing, people getting knocked out of scenes, people having to take weeks or months of in-game time of recovery, et cetera, like that kind of thing is just not that fun to play through. Yeah. Um, or it might break the agreed upon tone. Um, so for example, you're sitting down to play Swords Without Master and someone decides that they are playing, um, you know, a cartoon, um, super stereotyped He-Man in the middle of everyone else playing much more serious, like, Conan the Barbarian, right? And it mm, is weird and doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Niz's example, and we will probably keep just harping on this for the rest of the episode um, with potentially mixing in other stuff, um, is, you know, if your your table of characters is like, oh, we're going to go after the king, like leaving aside the whole issue where, you know, now they've fallen for the big bad's lies. Like, that's a whole other thing that they're going to discover potentially in a painful way. Um, the consequences of, say, for three first-level characters or five first-level characters deciding to assault the well-maintained, like, enchanted um, keep that the king lives in with, you know... Um, 20 guards at the front gate, a portcullis, 50 archers in the turrets kind of situation. Like, it's probably not going to go really well for them. <laughs> um, and that's just like the first line of defenses, right? Um, so, you know, it's it's maybe not the kind of decision that will lead to consequences that, that they will enjoy. And I, I keep saying it like that because I want to make it clear that um, it can be super fun to be challenged and it's definitely a beat to not succeed all the time. Like that's that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about preventing a downbeat, right? We're talking about preventing sort of the the ruin of the game or the characters yeah. um, because the consequences are too big for this action like to to be able to mitigate in a reasonable way um you know that right so to be clear right um we are going to teach you a subtle skill for sometimes uh, manipulating, subtle. manipulating sometimes less players, subtle depends right? on what you do right yeah, yeah but we're going to teach you i mean <laughs> we're going to talk about a subtle skill for manipulating players in a game and our point here is you got to use your powers for good yeah. Right. You've got to use this technique only when the players are about to drive themselves off a cliff unnecessarily. Yes. Right. If the if the climax of your game is that they are all going to go out in a blaze of glory. Right. And everybody wants that and it's yeah. going to make a great story. That is not a terrible decision. No. Right. That's that's perfectly in line with where everybody's going with the game, right? Exactly. But if you're yeah. first level players and you're trying to get this campaign off the ground and they're about to go take a, you know, they're about to go do a drive by on the king. Yeah. Um, where they're clearly, you know, outmatched, undergunned and whatever. And they're all going to wind up, you're going to, they're going to TPK out in your second session. Break yeah. out this, break maybe, out this tool. Maybe, maybe now is the time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's yeah. worth spending a moment talking about what is not a terrible decision. Yeah. Again, times when you should not use this technique. Yes. Okay. One of those is when the players come up with a valid but unanticipated solution to a problem you have presented in the game. So yes. you had presented a problem and you were like, let's, you know, the players are going to need to use the secret passage to go under the castle to get inside the castle. 
And the players come up with, hey, what if we disguise ourselves as merchants and go right in through the front doors with selling wares and stuff like that? And you, in the back of your head, have a whole bunch of stuff, cool stuff planned for the sewers that is now about to be bypassed. Um, and the players are going to move ever closer to getting to the, you know, to the um, whatever, MacGuffin, et cetera, et cetera. And so you start, you decide like you're going to steer them back to the secret passage. Nope. It's me hitting my hand. No, yeah, don't no. do that. Shame. Um, shame. <laughs> right, don't, don't do that. They have a perfectly good idea. Yes, you are now in a place where you did not have prep and you are going to have to do some stuff, but do that because players have actually come up with a good thing. There's still a way to make that tense um, and possibly have things go wrong, even if it isn't, you know, cool mutated sewer rats underneath the, um, you know, in the secret passages or whatever. Okay. So don't do it when it's a valid but unanticipated solution. Don't use this when the player's actions remove an element of the game that you are fond of. Yes. All right. Like you as GM have taken a liking to a particular villain. The players who do not like this villain have gotten smart and have figured out how to get rid of them in a safe and in a safe manner that has a reasonable chance of succeeding, etc. Do not steer them away from that decision. That is their decision, right? Like if again, go back to what Senda was saying, right? It's not poorly conceived. It's not unlikely to succeed. It's not going to result in like widespread death of the characters. It's not breaking the tone of the game. If you're just like, I'm going to steer them away from this because I really like this NPC or I really want to use this NPC at the end of the game, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be tough about that, but there is a phrase I have used in the last couple of months um, when talking on Misdirected Marketing. I might have used it here, which is as a GM, do not hold anything tightly. Yes. Um, and and I think that this is a key thing as well, right? Um, and, and we've actually talked about this pretty recently, too. There's more players than there are of you. They have more brains just working in tandem than you do as you're planning this stuff out. The chances that they will come up with a cool solution that may not be the one that you anticipated are actually pretty high. And um, that's fun, right? Like that's good. Like that agency to approach uh, problems and solve problems in cool, unique and creative ways is what makes tabletop RPGs different than video games where there is like a prescribed solution that you must do because the video game can't flex to let it be anything else, right? This is is why we play. Um, so, So yeah, I think the key here is you don't punish your players for coming up with cool ideas, even if they make you have to scramble a little bit. Yeah, don't steer them away from this stuff. Like they're mm-hmm. if they're earning it, they're earning it. They're earning it. Yeah. Right. So don't hold it tightly is my other piece of advice here. And we can unpack that in a future episode as well. Don't hold on to things tightly. Be flexible. If they're going to go waste the bad guy that you so dearly love, like make a new bad guy later. Yep. Like you'll fall in love with another NPC. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Or keep that bad guy and reskin them for a different game eventually, right? Like whatever. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so now that we've got some groundwork on what is a terrible decision and what is not a terrible decision and doing that so that you know when to engage this technique and when not to, let's talk a little bit about why it might happen. Yeah, so it could be a misunderstanding of the threat or capabilities, right? So this is specifically what happened to me when we rounded the corner. There was a Nightwalker there and we were just like, oh, everything that we've ever encountered has been the correct level for us. So obviously we're going to take this thing on. I don't, like I said, I don't remember what level it was, you know, and we're talking three, five. So it was probably like, you know, 10 or something. I'm just, I'm making that up. Um, someone's going to remember off the top of their heads what a Nightwalker is, but I do not. Um, it was very high. It might've been high. It might've been like at 15, right? We're like level two. Um, we didn't know that. <laughs> we were working on a set of player knowledge that informed us that, um, you know, if we encountered something, that it was something we could fight. And that was player knowledge. Not good. According to the D20 Pathfinder SRD. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Nightwalker is a CR-16 creature. Yeah, 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 right? Like, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> it was rocking, not... an, rocking an AC of 31. We were not going to kill this thing. <laughs> 241 hit points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, DR-15. Yeah. For good, uh, with, with the exceptions for good and silver. Yeah. And an SR of 27. Yes. 
Um, and because I'm fairly sure as second level players, um, if it only used its two claw attacks, right? Yes. It didn't do any of its other no. stuff, of which yes. there is There's no ending to this <laughs> list of shit it can do. Yes. If it only attacked with its two melee attacks, it yeah. is a plus 28, mm-hmm. 3d6, mm-hmm. plus 15 damage, crit range 19 to 20, and if it crits, oh no, wait, crit range 19 to 20, and also does 46 cold damage. So, like, what I remember from Dead. this, and I might like, be misremembering what level we were, because have, you having said that, I'm like, I don't feel like second level characters could have even survived one still. round. <laughs> I think we made it one round, whatever level we were, and then we ran. <laughs> and and rightfully so. Like, right? based on, based that, on thing, that stat block, it's, it's run a, for your lives. Right? Like, it is, it's a... Oh, that like, not good. Ooh, big nasty. Okay. Anyway, anyway, moving right along. But that's my story about it, right? Because we walked in with specific assumptions at the player level that everything we had encountered had been something of a level approximately appropriate to us. And we had murdered all of it. Um, yeah. And so we went and we were like, oh, that thing's big and freaky. Cool. But we can probably take it. And the answer is no. No, we could not take it. Nope. Something that began to make itself very clear, but for some reason, despite having taken the two claw attacks um, the first yeah. round, we tried again. And then the DM was like, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, so a misunderstanding of threat or capabilities. That is a like that's my personal example. Sure. Um, if we go back to Nissa's example, then, you know, maybe they don't understand that the castle walls are also enchanted to light on fire um, or they they think that they're permanent aren't, grease spell. Right. Like, like they're they, they don't know about the archers or they've forgotten, um, you know, whatever it is um, like they haven't um, they don't necessarily understand the level of threat that they're talking about just walking up to. Right? Sure. The next one is they think it's the only option. Mm-hmm. So. In whatever has gone on, in whatever decision-making process the players are making, they think that this is the only option they have. So let's go back to the, like, sneak into the castle kind of thing. They're like, yeah, we're just going to frontal assault the front gates where, the you know, GM's like, good Lord, they're going to die. Like, yeah. They're supposed to, like, I left them a secret tunnel. They're just going to try to bum rush the The, the portcullis, yeah. right? Like the iron gates. Um. So... <laughs> In that moment, it's entirely possible that between sessions, they forgot the clue or they forgot to check the note they found, the map they discovered. What They forgot something that presents them the other option. Yeah. Right. So sometimes when players don't remember or don't access all the information they have, they wind up locking themselves into some of these bad decisions, right? So they're like, well, we got to get inside. We don't have any other way to get inside. So I guess we're going through the front, like we're going through the front doors. Yeah. And you're sitting there like, but but the map that you picked up and didn't look at, right? Like, yeah, you know, or the, you know, the, the keys that you took off that, you know, patrol that was out in the forest, like, Mm. Right. I'm doing. Oh, you can't see that. It's this radio, Hans. Um, <laughs> it's I'm making the hand gesture like, right. mm, the, the, mm, you know, work gesture. with me here. Yeah. So sometimes they think it's the only option. What's another one? Yeah, it might be a misaligned tone and which is, again, it's a misunderstanding, but it's more of a misunderstanding at the player level. Right. Like, um, you know, when when I had someone at my table who was very much playing against the tone of. Um, Swords Without Master, the the solution in that case was to pause and have a discussion about what that tone looked like, which we're going to talk about solutions later, right? Sorry, I shouldn't talk about solutions now. But, um, but misaligned tone, they may misunderstand what is in line with the tone of the game versus what is not, you know, so um, someone walking off the edge of the cliff and not falling because they didn't look down is not in tone with Swords Without Master, but maybe they've misunderstood that, right? So now they're trying to take actions that they think are in line with the tone that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last one is that this is a passive-aggressive decision, right? The players are upset about something. They're upset with either the, the game the game master, you, the some other player in the game, whatever it is, they're somewhat annoyed 
And they've made this decision because they're just taking a passive aggressive activity. Like they're fun- they're they're funneling their frustration through this passive aggressive action. Uh, see episode 291, I think, about Leroy Jenkins, right? Like this is yeah. one of the reasons that people Leroy Jenkins stuff yeah. um, and just jump into it. Or, or it could be pre- premeditated or more planned out passive aggressiveness, right? Like yep. it absolutely could 100%. be. 100%. Yeah. So now that we've talked about why it might happen and we've talked about what those bad decisions look like, we're going to start moving into the skill of how do you move them away from this. Now, with everything that we're going to describe, the thing that we are trying to achieve is we want to respect player agency. But we also want to move them away from this idea. And let's be clear, we are manipulating them away from this idea. Go ahead. I have a quick story to tell here. And the reason I want to just tell this story is um, there is potentially a point at which, depending on the situation, you may still decide to respect player agency over preventing them from doing the idea. Um, And this has happened to me as a player. And I still feel really bad about it right like but but I doubled down on this decision multiple times during the game and the story is that we were playing uh oh gosh it's uh Kigurumi High Kagum shoot I don't I I have lost the name of the game apparently um but it's a fantastic game it's super fun two of the players in my group's group had birthdays that week their birthdays are very close together um Mm -hmm. I, as a player, did not pick up on any of the clues that the mystery that was going on this session was, in fact, the setup for a surprise party for their characters. I, as a character with a player who did not understand that this was the purpose that what we were going for, right, then took actions that ended up spoiling the surprise party in game, which I doubled down on because the GM was like, tried to stop me multiple times and asked right before I did the last time, like, are you sure? And I, without that knowledge that that's what was going on, was like, yes, because like this was scary and dark and like I someone needed to see what was going on, right? Okay, so um, depending on the consequences of the outcome, um, and the consequences in this case were I spoiled the surprise party, <laughs> right? Like, which sucked, but like nobody died. Um, you know, there may be there may be a point at which you decide to just let the player take the consequences of their actions. And I just wanted to tell that story as my example of that. And I am still sad that I ruined the surprise party. <laughs> there was real cake, even real cake appeared on the table. It was very good. And I ruined it. And then everybody like was mad at me in game for the rest of the game. Not not the actual players at the table, but in, in game, right? Like the all the people who planned the surprise party were like, and I was like, oh no, I'm a bad person. Anyway, sorry, that was my little anecdote. Um, And that was all just to say there is a point, um, you know, when you are walking this line as a GM and making the decision about how you approach this, even if you've tried multiple tacks to try to pull them off, you may come to a point where depending on what the consequence is, um, it's it's worth it to prioritize player agency um, over helping them avoid the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on how bad they are, right? Like, um, I would always favor agency, um, but, you know, sometimes you might have to get really clear about what's at stake with them. Anyway, moving right along. Um, yes. That is, um, that's basically just the the agency part is a really big thing with this because what we don't want to do is ever remove player agency. Um, But sometimes you may have to help them have better understanding of the potential consequences of their actions if they're not understanding what those are doing, right? So Mm -hmm. what we want to do with these techniques, it's not absolutely off the table, but what we want to try to do is to avoid saying an outright no when we can, Mm -hmm. right? We're not taking it off the table. Not taking it off the table, right? But it's sort of the option of last resort. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some techniques. Um, Standard disclaimer here, folks. This is not a complete list of techniques, obviously, um, nor are they in any given order. 
Yes. Uh, they're just other, a list of other than of say ways no to is achieve a, at the very end. <laughs> ways to achieve this goal. Yes. Okay. We're going to ping pong through these. Yes. Cool. All right. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, sure. I will go first. So the first thing you there can you do is clarify the situation. Um, and that's, this is basically fixing any miscommunication or like any missed clues or any, you know, whatever, whatever is giving them the impression that they can or should do this thing. Right. If yeah. I had been informed, um, even on the side, so as not to ruin the surprise for the other players, whatever it was, if if someone had like just been like, you're not getting it, Senda, like this is a surprise party and I need you to back down. Um, I would have absolutely backed down, right? Mm -hmm. I would not have taken those actions. Or in Nissa's case, if we're talking about, you know, uh, a frontal assault on the king's well-defended keep, then maybe this is a, hey, can we just pause for a second? I want to talk you through the defenses that you are about to encounter that are even just the known defenses, right? Like these are the ones that everybody knows about. Like, are you aware of yeah. like, like here's some things you're aware of, right? Like right. the archer positions, those weird glyphs yes, on the, on like the on the battlements, right? Um, like, you know, ha, ha, the, the, the way that the drawbridge and portcullis are set up to catch you in the middle so that the 50 guards can come flooding out, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. The battle wizards who walk along the, you know. The parapets, the, yes. Yeah. Um, but do you have a, uh, oh, what is that cloak that's the fireproof one? Oh, never Holocaust mind. cloak, Thank right? you. Like, but do you have a Holocaust cloak? That might be your solution. Anyway, yes. um, <laughs> moving right along. Yeah. Okay. So next one is have an NPC give advice to the characters. This is almost always my go-to. If I got if I have an NPC in the scene, yeah, be it a henchman, an advisor, a uh, a familiar, the droid, whatever. If I need to interject that somebody thinks it's a bad idea, this is the way I get it in there. I just have an NPC outright say like. Isn't there another way we can get into this castle? Right. Yeah. Like this seems like a terrible idea. And what you're basically doing is like the in-game version of clarifying the situation by yeah. doing it in-game instead of out of game, right? Yeah. yeah, you're just you're but just like you, you know, you can inject yourself into the game through your NPCs. Yes. Um, and honestly, like with henchmen and familiars and stuff like that, like they don't want to be unalived, right? No. So uh -uh. they've got a vested interest in staying somewhat safe. Like they're, you know, they will, ask, they can reasonably ask those questions. Yes. Yeah. Because it's also cool. them on the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can demonstrate the threat and that could happen in a lot of different ways. Um, in Nissa's example, maybe that's, you know, they're creeping up to the castle and they can see the mage lights of the 30 wizards on the, on the battlements. Um, or maybe that's, you know, a cutscene of a flyby of the castle, you know, in the dusk where you can take the opportunity to describe more of what's happening and the, you know, troops um, practicing in the courtyard and, and, you know, running drills or whatever that is and um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So demonstrate the threat in some sort of knowable way in game. So I have a um, last week I was watching. Um, I was watching one of my favorite movies of all times, which is Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Um, and if you've, you know, I, I'm going to absolutely spoil this movie because it is, you know, plenty it's old. It's pretty and old. You, <laughs> it's plenty old and you should have watched it by now. Yeah. Um, so the, when Danny Ocean comes up with the idea to rob three casinos in Las Vegas on a fight night, right? It is a terrible idea. Now, Again, the movie is going to go with this idea, right? Because yeah. these players are actually capable of doing it, right? Yes. But they go to see one of their friends, Ruben, who is a who owned a casino in Las Vegas. And he's kind of like the expert of like all things Las Vegas. And there's this great scene where they're talking about robbing the casinos. And Ruben's like, never been done before. Oh, it's been done before. Let me tell you the three closest times. And there's like this little montage where Ruben sets up 
how impossibly hard this task is by going from the 60s, the 70s and the 80s and talking about failed robberies on casinos and how quickly they got caught or killed, whatever. And it's that kind of demonstration or advice through a PC or both, right? An NPC demonstrating a threat, whatever. But it's that kind of thing, demonstrating through the narrative how dangerous this idea is to dissuade them. Yes. Ultimately, that's the goal, right? They take a look and they're like, oh, <laughs> we did not think about that backtrack. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, the next one is a thing that I do actually at work when people are about mm-hmm. to make bad decisions, mm-hmm. um, which is walk them back through the problem. Like, okay, so we're going to do this frontal assault. Uh, take me through it. Like, so you guys are going to what? Like you're going to run right up to the guards and attack them while the archers are looking down. And then what's your plan? Like, are you from there just going to like straight push through to the outer keep knowing that, you know, like, what do you like? What do you guys got, you know, in mind for the archers that are, you know, have advantage on you as you try to move towards the next? Like you start asking, like you walk them through it. So that they ultimately see that either A, they're not prepared for it, it's futile, et cetera. Like you're you just start showing them the problem in pieces because sometimes the get through the front gate is easy. Yeah. But then what happens the next, next <laughs> is going to be a disaster, yeah. right? And so they're only focused on they've got a cool way to like attack the front gate, but they've not thought once about what happens like two rounds after that. Yes. So walking them through the problem, it like exposes this, um, often exposes where they have and have not been thinking. Yeah. Um, the next one is to do the opposite of Han Solo and tell them the odds. Uh, yeah. You know, so just straight up, you're facing a Nightwalker. Um, this is a level 16. Um, you're probably going to die. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and if you need to contextualize that in the narrative, yeah, right? in like, a much more narrative way, give if, somebody an arcane check or just right. be like, oh, based on your arcane knowledge, like this thing's really fucking terrifying, really powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then so that that could happen at a meta level. It could happen at an in-game level. In my particular case, it was literally just the DM looking at us like, "What are you doing? Um, this thing is a level 16. Yeah. <laughs> and we went, oh, and left, right? But that was that was potentially before my my days of doing most of this stuff in an in-game sense. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Uh cool. Next one. Um ask them what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh sometimes the thing that they want to do is able to be accomplished in ways that are uh less of a terrible idea. Yes. Right. They're saying attack the, you know, attack the front gate. But what they're talking about is like getting into the keep. Right. And and th- when you ask them, like, what are they trying to do? You could be like from that point, that jump off point, once you understand what it is, like maybe they don't want to get in the keep. Maybe what they want to do is send a message to the king. Yeah. Right. So their plan is, yes, they are going to attack the outer gate. They're not going any further. Yeah. They're going to run away afterwards or something like that. And then you're like, oh, now it's recontextualized for me. Right. Like this kind of like this is less of a bad idea because that's not a thing we've talked about above. But sometimes the GM thinks it's a terrible idea because they don't completely understand the players. Yes, there is definitely that, too. So this is a great place for uh, level setting. Yeah, I hate using that word. It's okay. It's such a it is such a work word, but that's also (laughs) like so. I product manage right, and this here, this thing right here, ask what they're trying to accomplish. This is like my life because Mm -hmm. you have people asking you to make your product do specific things, but they just come to you and they say, "I want it to do X," but they don't tell you why they want it to do X, and X might not be the best solution for what they're actually trying to do. And you may even already have a solution or something like that. Like in this particular case, you know, if your goal is just to get into the castle for whatever reason, then, you know, having a secret entrance like that already exists, why would you you go through the front door unless you're trying to accomplish something else, right? Um, So that's, that's, that's so key is when you get into a stuck situation and this is just... Um, this applies for more even than just terrible decisions, whatever it is, right? Um, if you can clarify what the end goal is, 
like, what are you trying to solve for is what I'm always saying at work. Um, then, then you can backtrack into, um, now good. Like, let's make a plan that actually does that. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that doesn't be, get you all you'd murdered. You'd be surprised how many, you'd be surprised how many things you can head off by asking, yeah. what are you trying are to accomplish you here? trying to do? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Um, the next one is that you can use an editing tool. So if you have an editing tool um, at your table, like if you have the um, uh, Breeze um, Play, Pause, Rewind, or if you are comfortable using the X card on your table as an editing tool, like that's just kind of conversation you might have had to have beforehand that it's, you know, for safety or editing or kind of both altogether. If you need to engage one of those tools to edit something um, to even pause pause the game for a second, just say, hey, um, this really works against um, the entire campaign that I had built. Um, would you be comfortable if we took another route, X, Y, Z? Or um, would you um, consider doing, would you consider approaching this problem in a different way? Or I'm pausing this to clarify what we're talking about, one of the other things we were doing, right? And then using that to rewind um, retcon something, get back in, you know, in, in Nissa's particular example, this might be a moment where you, um, use the editing tool to go back and say, hang on, I think you might have missed something because the king is not the bad guy, right? In whatever way you're going to approach that, um, it doesn't have to be like out of game straight, blah, 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 right? But like, maybe this is a moment where you, um, take a minute to say, hey, can we just everybody, everybody roll a perception check and let's see if somebody figures out the big bad guy's motive so that we can head this thing off, whatever it is, right? Um, so definitely take advantage of those tools on your table, both for pausing um, and for editing content if you need to, like just for the purposes of like, hey, this isn't the game that we all kind of signed up for. Like, let's pause and have a conversation about it. Um, if this is the game that you want to play instead, then, you know, let me rethink everything for a minute. Going to take a pause. Um, yeah, pretty much like that. I think yeah. I got it all. Yeah. So the final one, uh, which we hinted to when we started this, is you can say no. Yeah. Don't feel like your hands are tied. You can simply say no. Um, it is okay. You as the GM can step in and be like, we are not doing that. You will all get killed. Yeah. Just despite what they think, just be like, nope, we're not doing that. You will all get killed. Yeah. It's not the best one. I like the other ones better. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to. In almost all cases, I avoid saying no. But let me just say this. There are so many times in gaming and not just like in situations like this. I'm going to take this beyond just this situation. Sure. There's so many times in gaming with character creation, campaign um, design, actions, just, you know, people wanted to take that as a GM, if I had just said no, mm -hmm. we probably would have saved some games. Yeah. Sure. I have lost campaigns to times that I can trace back to simply I should have said no. I have a story. I know I've told this one before and we were talking um, on the call yesterday and I realized that I talk about the same games all the time, which is really funny. But everybody has those stories that stick with them. Right. Um, I have a story about, um, you know, a time when we like again, like second level characters were up against a lich. It was supposed to be a long campaign, big bad guy. Um, we were in a situation where we had a bunch of fake magic items and one real magic item and that's what we had gone to the dungeon to find and if the fake magic items left the dungeon then they they set off some sort of massive nuclear level explosion right like that was to discourage us from leaving the dungeon with the wrong thing but when the lich was waiting for us outside the dungeon you bet your britches we threw one of them at him um and it exploded <laughs> And we ended the campaign very quickly. And maybe the DM should have said no there, right? Like that ended the game. And as a player, it's a great story. And I still laugh about it. And I'm pretty proud of it. But it means we played for two sessions, right? right. Wah, wah. Right. Like wah, wah. that was supposed to be like a years of game. And we just boop, killed it. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we could have not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, and I had a case where um, I had a campaign that ultimately tanked because I uh, let a player 
choose a character class from a book outside of the core books. Mm. And once it hit the table, it was impossible to keep it under control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I had just said no, like, nope, make your character from the core book. Yep. Probably would have been a perfectly fine campaign, but it kind of ran amok in a very bad way. Anyway, the point of this going back to our actual topic is sometimes just say no. Yeah. If you're an 80s kid, if you're an 80s kid, you're familiar with that phrase. Just say no. Um, I mean, I think it's important to say, say no and have some kind of explanation that you are not just saying no because you're the GM and, you know, rocks fall, you die, GM fiat kind of thing, right? Like, it's important to maintain those lines of communication, um, but it is perfectly valid to say, no, I, I don't think you want to do that. You really will all die. Like, I don't, I don't have a recourse. Like, the consequence of this action is you all die. Like, do you want to rethink that? <laughs> um, that's very fair. I don't think that you should ever just say, no, you can't do that and not say like why or what or anything right like that that's where you get into you know you don't get to control the story to that level as a gm but it's perfectly valid to say nope i think that will kill you all i really do think that will kill you all maybe we could come up with something else right exactly yeah cool so say no is just fine okay so cool let's 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 put a wrap on this thing we're at about the time where we should wrap this thing up yep Terrible ideas happen in games. Yeah. Just happens. Players come, for numerous reasons, players will come up with a terrible idea that is going to harm the game in a way that you are not going to be able to walk back. Yes. You have the option as a GM to steer the players away from that decision. Uh, we've talked about the reasons why they might make that decision. We've talked about a number of tools. Ultimately, those tools are, most of them are there to kind of get the characters to think a bit more about the issue and hopefully come up with a different solution. Um, in the absence of that, we talked about a few techniques where just hands on, you can like really, put your hands on the game and really, like settle this problem. You don't want to do this. Yeah. Now it is a skill. And like we talked about early on, um, if you were an unscrupulous GM, you could use this all the time to railroad players into the game that you want to have happen at the table. You could make up a story with the solutions to problems you wanted. You could use all of these techniques to just gently guide the players into those decisions. I'm recommending you don't do that. No. I highly recommend you don't do that. It'll be less fun for you in the long run. The players may not even notice they're being manipulated. And I'm saying this with a whole lot of... done it. I've done this, right? Yep. In ultimately in the long run you will grow bored of steering your players through your games. I have had more fun in the last 10 years of gaming from stopping that activity and letting myself be surprised. I still keep this tool in my toolbox. There are times where I need to break it out because something is about to go very sideways and jeopardize the campaign. I will break out this tool and intervene with it. But for the most part, try to take my hands off the players, respect that authority, that autonomy. Um, but again, sometimes you're going to need it. So when you use it, use it only in emergencies. Break a glass, only use it in emergencies. And as soon as you're done, as soon as the emergency is solved, go put it away. Yeah, it's like doppelgangers. Just, <laughs> yeah, just stay away from it. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Cool. That's our wrap up. Uh, we hope uh, this was helpful. Nissa, thank you again for an uh, awesome topic and one of many because Nissa has actually contributed a number of topics mm -hmm. um, over the show's um, long run. So thank you very much. Um, that, that was a good one. I really enjoyed um, really enjoyed us having uh, to kick this idea around. Yeah, I love I love these kind of like little GM tools. Yeah, little tools, things that we sometimes just think about as GM skills and don't necessarily talk about. <laughs> yes, exactly. In order for us to get to the closing, would you please tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network? Yeah, I would love to. Um, on Misdirected Mark, you, Phil, uh, Chris, Bob and Jerry break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. Magic. There you go. I like that show. Say, Senda, yeah. Where 
do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can send us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can go on a treasure hunt on the Tiki Talkies and maybe you'll find us. <laughs> and Phil, once they have found us or have uh, kept that information in some way, what can they do with it? Yeah. So just like Nissa did, uh, send us a topic. In fact, Nissa wasn't even 100% sure what the topic was. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> when they sent when they sent in that email, we found it. We found something in there. We will always find something. If you tell us a story, um, ask us a question, pose us a thing that's a challenge for you. If it's like one of those like little skills that you have to boot up every now and then and you're just like, boy, I wish I was I could hone saying no better or whatever, like throw it out to us. We'll do it. We want to help you. Our goal here is to make everyone have a better time GMing. Yeah. So we want you to have the best time GMing because when you have the best time GMing, so do your players mm -hmm. and you will all keep playing games and that will give you the opportunity to play new and different games or not. Like if your decision mm -hmm. is to only play one game, rock on, man, like just do what you got to do. But if you're asking me, me personally, go play some other games as well. Keep your favorite, but, you know, branch out, experiment. Get into it a little. Play so many anyway, games. Anyway, I'm getting off topic yep, there. Yep. <laughs> the point is, give us your topics. We will make something out of it and we'll put it up as a show for you. On that topic, if you like what we do here on the Misdirected Mark Network or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, because there's some other shows, uh, you could support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Your monies, your support goes to what makes all of this possible from our web hosting to our equipment, um, everything to our editors, mm -hmm. our, yeah. our great editor, Ryan, Ryan <laughs> right? Who like, you could also hire just saying. Yeah. Yes. The mostly unheard third team member and anchor mm -hmm. of our team mm -hmm. now, uh, Ryan, right? Your patronage is actually what makes that possible. And so it helps, it helps us greatly. Um, we love doing this, but it, you know, it, there is some monetary investment in doing it. So thank you for your support. Uh, if you are already supporting our Patreon, thank you very much. If you're unable to support our Patreon, we totally understand there is a thing you can do. It involves a little bit of your time. We know that's important and valuable, but there's a little thing you can do that actually does help us a whole lot. Senda, what is that thing? Well, you can write us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Um, or you can just tell a friend, which is also super awesome. And apparently just for my personal edification, if you are not in the U.S., you can listen to our entire back catalog and then I will watch our podcast rating just suddenly skyrocket in random places, um, which is pretty fun. It, it jumps for like a week and then it goes back down. Um, but uh, yeah, we know we know like when one of when one of you like <laughs> discovers us and binges the show, like, yeah, we know what country you're in. <laughs> like it shows up. It shows up in a really weird radar for us. Like, yeah. All of a sudden we're like 17th in New Zealand, right. like <laughs> um, it, for a week. Yeah, for like and a then, week. You know, and then we drop back off the charts because it is like yeah. um, the top 100. I can't remember. Definitely. We were trending in, I think, in Sweden the last couple of weeks. And, you know, anyway. It's fun to see. I won't be able to see it for too much longer because the service that currently tells me about that is going to start charging money for it, which, well, they should, but also <laughs> probably out of the budget. And I don't know if we care enough to pay for knowing that. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> um, tell a friend, tell a review site, um, all of that stuff. Tell us to our faces because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. All of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It really does. Like, I mean, occasionally we we get a chance to hear some of those things uh, or see some of them posted up on Twitter and they're like really heartwarming. Like, don't get us wrong. Like, we love hanging out and talking to each other. We do it a lot more than I think you guys realize. Um, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> we do. We do. Um, but when you're recording a podcast, you're recording into the void, right? Yes. We know theoretically you're all listening. We don't always know that you're all listening. So on the cases when somebody does hit us, like, like mention us on Twitter or, you know, mention us in person, whatever, something like that, like it, it does feel good. Like it feels good to know that, you know, this advice is going somewhere and hopefully into the hands and minds of, you know, people who are sitting around tables making fun games. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Say send up. Yes. About this 24-hour um, Twitch thing. No. <laughs> Show me what you got. 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 Show
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Yeah. Checkity check check check. Checkity check 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 check. Check, Got check, the waveforms going hard. Got the waveforms. I don't know. You got that look. I said the wrong words. No, I wanted to know what what, song what the next you... line was. I don't know. I, I'm I'm feeling like an '80s. Um, I'm feeling like. <laughs> all right, so here it is. Right, I'm feeling like the waveforms are like an '80s toy line that has a uh, like has a also has a commercial. Right, but right, they also have a cartoon right, 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 right. show, right? Gotcha, waveforms gotcha, gotcha. going hard. Waveforms. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it has to rhyme with hard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you that I wrote, yes. I will tell you this, and then we will like get to the actual stuff for Ryan because yes. this is not even the show. But this I was is just nonsense. I was playing Ransom Note the other night, and we drew um the prompt was to write. A, a children's song about self-esteem and i was very proud of myself because you i sent it to me i rhymed i rhymed it yes you sent it I, to me i rhymed like despise oh. and pulverize <laughs> is a thing and yes it was an uplifting song yes it was actually <laughs> i realized just saying those two words like yeah but you know it yes. was actually about Liking yourself and not fighting with your friends. <laughs> Important teen things. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Anyway, okay, we should do the county bit. Uh, first, we should say, Ryan, we hope you're feeling better. I do hope you're feeling we better. We saw you down with the sickness on the Twitters, so we hope that you are feeling better. Yes. Bill and Senda, this is Ryan from the future. As you can tell from my wonderfully deep and uh, amazing voice at the moment, still sick. However, feeling much better since uh, last update from I don't know what day that was. Uh, but yeah, things are going well. Thank you for checking in. Bloop. Okay. Here we go. All right. Since time is of the essence. Yes, indeed. Indeed, because I have a. You got um, bread. I want to go. I got bread to make batch. for a big dinner tonight. Big it's dinner. not even that big of a dinner. We'll talk about it in the we'll talk yeah, about yeah, it in the bamboo show. lounge. Yeah. All righty. Cool. Get ready. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got.